Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Working Moms. Don't know how you do it. Today's podcast is the continuation of so many working mom conversations that we've had. They are episodes 163, 159, 83, 19, 13, and dozens of others that had working moms at the square table with me. Does it ever get easier? This theme is our way of honoring the uniqueness of working mom experiences with one child or two or three, with the ebb and flow of families and different stages and even family emergencies. How do they do it? What works? Where are the struggles? We have three extraordinary moms at the square table tonight. Some have been in family time classes while others send dads to the class. We have a first time mom, a work traveling mom, moms of daughters, and a mom of sons. They are juggling. I'm pretty sure they are tired. And I know that they are very good at all that they do. I'm at the table with Allison Eisenberg, Pooja Bass, and Rachel Sa'at. Allison, you've had the week of all weeks. Can you share and give the working mom twist on when the unexpected emergencies happen? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So, uh... This week was the week of all weeks, and it was a crazy week. I'm preparing to go out of town uh, all the way to the middle of Idaho, so uh, I've got a lot to do in preparation. It was crazy. Had the whole team, you know, full team working on something, and I got a phone call. Of all phone calls, the one you dread when you see the The one that they can't start, everything is okay. (laughs) Well, you see that number, and you stop whatever meeting, which is exactly what happened. I knew that something was going on. I had a team in my room, and I saw the phone number pop up, and I just stopped people in their tracks because I knew there was something wrong. And it was the camp calling, and I could hear my four-year-old hysterical in the background, which he usually is not a big crier. And... I knew there was something wrong. And he's had emergencies before. This is, the, I think, the third emergency. He's had two arm issues in the past, one that happened here at school, one that happened uh, on a baseball activity, and one that happened in the shower. Ugh. So uh, I'm not, it's not that abnormal for something to happen. I mean, I'm a mom of three boys, so something's happened with the older one. Three things have happened with the middle one. And so I can only imagine what's going to happen with the little one. But... So I got the phone call, and he was screaming, and I had a feeling it was potentially the same arm issue uh, that he's had in the past. Um, 
which is called nursemaid's elbow. If you don't know it, you should know it because I didn't know it and it would have made a whole difference in my reaction, but it's, I'll explain it later. But, uh, so I knew I couldn't get there in time, but I knew it was hospital. A, a potent- yeah. I think I was pretty sure based on the reaction, the nurses input that it was a hospital. So I was lucky enough to know that my husband was working from home and my mom was going to be doing the pickup because she was, surpri- was going to surprise him to take him out for ice cream after after camp yesterday. So unfortunately, he missed his ice cream. So I called them, and they both were pretty close. They actually met there. I stopped my meetings, and, and I ran to the hospital and to meet them at the hospital. You'll get a kick out of this, Karen, because you know my husband super, super well. He told the doctor in the ER not to do anything and to touch him until I walked in the room. (laughs) I don't know how long they were laying there and how long he was crying. But he just knew that he wouldn't be able to survive uh, another, another one of these kids crying in an ER. But he was hysterical. You could tell it was pretty bad. And, um, the, but I, I wouldn't have survived without the, the support system, which has been become my whole way of life. I can't function without the, like this whole team. And it's so lame because I'm not a social networking person that much and certainly not my, like my husband. And I, we always kind of make fun of the hashtag, everybody who hashtags and tags everything. But I always, the one thing they always say is like the, the juggle is a struggle because yeah. it's so true. I'm like, I'm not, and I'm the first one to say that I feel like I suck on a daily basis as a parent and, and balance. I've been, yeah, writing down notes on all yeah. the topics well, you we're know, coming 17, back to. <laughs> 17 years, I've worked at the same company. And for the last 17 years, I've talked about balance. We've talked about balance for the last 10 years, probably. And it's the same same review conversation. Everything, family conversation is figuring out that balance and knowing it's just never going to happen. But the support is what But let's go has to the specifics. So, so how... I mean, sure, you explain how you get into mother mode or parent mode, because we know that the dads are mothering as well. Um, how, how did you switch into the mother mode, turn all that on, and then, and, and, and if you don't mind, you, I, know, I know you're multitasking the whole time. I whole know, time. And, and, and that's the question that I'm going to generalize for both of you, is how do you manage a crisis that flips the whole day upside down and backwards. Your heart is outside of your body. You had emergency surgery yesterday. You know somebody's got a plan the rest of the summer, the rest of the week, tomorrow, for one son, managing all of that, and you've got to manage the middle of a project, maybe, unless you want to say, oh, I've been doing this so long, and I'm a third-time mom, so my team can go auto if I need to, and I've created that for myself. So just give me the inner dialogue. <laughs> crying. <laughs> I mean, you're crying on the inside, or you're crying cry- on the outside? Crying, crying on the inside, but I usually handle emergencies Because Jamie's well. waiting like he's just going to say... Jamie's crying on the outside com- around the corner. But she, like, but you're, he's saying she's going to come and, and manage this. Yeah. So I, I'm not afraid of emergencies or hospitals and um, and sick people or any, you know, injuries. So he knows I, that's usually my role. And so I just went in and I just, it's like a light switch. And yeah. I think it's kind of how I grew up with growing up in a Give hospital. Give me the facts. Maybe help, my, show me how to so make this decision. I think you just, one, have to just suck it up and say, if I freak out, 
it's only going to make the situation for the kids worse. Now I may approach it differently in the office, which I probably should take on my own parenting advice in the office and maybe, you know, you get that better responses. Another theme to come back but, to. Okay. But, but I mean, like knowing I've got to get in there, he's clearly upset. And if, if Jamie feels like and tells the doctors you can't do anything until she gets here, clearly it's a, like, a situation enough that's heightened that he's not going to resolve. So I just jumped to, I walked in. Decision maker. Yeah, you're cool. Like everything's fine, you know. And and he was lucky. He actually had uh, one of my nephews to comfort him, who's been through the hospital experience yeah. a number of times. So he was calm, and so seeing the calm people around him made it made it easier that I could bring okay, him in. Now give me a couple sentences on how you what's on your shoulders for managing home, and what's on your shoulders for managing work in this pivotal moment well at that moment you know I had a whole group of people and they were waiting for answers for me on several projects especially this one that we're getting ready to leave for so I had done a bunch of delegating uh another one I even though they knew I was on the way to the hospital I was you're still, on the you're phone still, you're still managing work once I once I and I was going back and forth between phones on the drive and just telling people they have to hold on and they understood mm-hmm. you know and many of them are working parents as well and they get it so you just go with it so but that you didn't part, turn off work. I didn't turn off work. Yeah. I I did at that point. Right. Once I got in the room, pretty much I I made a point to not respond to them for at least a half an hour, give him my full attention, and also picking up the cues for each of them like what their favorite comforting thing is. It's very clear with my boys, all three of them, they have different um, interests in music. What calms them down? They don't like the same musicians. My older son likes a musician that happens to be one of my favorites. He will listen to him at bedtime. I listen to him when he was in my belly every night for a half an hour, and I think that I do think that that goes back to why he loves him. The other one, it was much more classical, and um, so there's a particular song that kind of bridges the gap from uh, Ben Folds called "The Luckiest." That is singer songwriter, but still very classically feel. Uh, feeling so I knew this in your pocket oh I knew I was ready and I had it and I asked him if he wanted to hear his song and the doctor was just shocked I put it on and I just put on repeat and slowly he started to calm down and could close his eyes and and breathe that the x-ray process they let me come in and and manage that with him and he got to listen to it the whole time so he was less afraid because I think that was the biggest thing is fear and it was did you sleep I slept a couple hours last night. I just a couple. And and okay, so we'll come back. Pooja, you, I see a familiarity to this story. You're connecting in some ways. You under where? What do you? What's you look? What are you thinking? I am thinking um, the response. Like you're not shutting off everything, but slowly, the vision is. Uh, you know, that tunnel vision is happening, but you're kind of taking care of everything before you go into the battlefield that everything else has to be taken care of, yeah. right? So that you can later on, like, you can, like, razor focus on your kids. And I can relate to that, that when emergencies happen, it's like that sometimes, speaking of myself, that brings the best out of me, that I become this superhuman being because I It does I sound superhuman. Yeah. This really does. That, okay, I, the job that perhaps I might normally take two days to finish off at work, a couple of days, I'm like, 
My kids are going to need me. I can see that coming. Maybe somebody was coughing this morning or the night was not <laughs> like, you know, yeah. as restful for it's them. Like you're reading signs all reading the time. Reading sign all the time. Um, reading micro expressions, a little bit of cough and this and that. And that the morning, I just become that superhuman being. And I'm like, I got to take care of this project, that project, that email, this and that. Because I know I have to hunker down somebody is coming down with something and I do not want to I do not want anything else um, to take me away from them when they really need me so and that goes the same in the opposite direction for work as well for work as well yes but I could really when when I was hearing that um, you know you were answering uh, the the phone calls or responding to emails or whatever I, I could see that as a prep that I need to take care of all this before I go into that room. Yeah. yeah. That was, and that was exactly what it was, you know, getting them ready. And uh, uh, I'm speechless because <laughs> I don't have this juggle, of course. The intensity for when either needs you so much seems incomprehensible to me. You're just constantly on constantly on go you're, for it you know just you never stop so like i saw this meme once and it was like a mom's brain has like 20 different tabs open and you just always have something going on no matter what you just you're constantly juggling and i would say ever since you know i have a two and a half year old and thank god we haven't had any super super emergencies yet but ever since she came into this world i have never felt the real chance to like, just kind of stop. For two and a half years. For, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I would never give it up for a second, but between work and kids, you just, you're constantly thinking of the next thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it just gets to be, it's... In the dad yeah. podcast, I asked, and, and it was a great one with Jamie and some other dads about dads now stepping up. Oh, and and yeah. I do want to go to the dad equation. Um, because mm-hmm. the, the idea of how do we ca- do moms carry the emotional burden the it, it's ultimately coming on these shoulders I haven't breathed for two and a half years so two things I want to say is first in defense of the dads because they don't respond the same way you do to life that idea of the 20 tabs being open in a mom <laughs> brain isn't a mom is a, is a female brain, documented brain chemistry, how women solve problems, analyze data. We, we s- connect the dots, look for all of that, and the brain is wide open all the time unless you find a way to meditate or turn or close those tabs for short periods of time. But that's your natural brain is 20 tabs open. Dads are not. Male brains One. and even little boy <laughs> brains will be... Ha- this laser focus, show me the problem. I'm only looking at one at a time. I am not multitasking. And it's brain chemistry. I mean, people laugh at me. I don't multitask as well as other females in the world. And I just say, you know, must be must be brain chemistry. But so in dad's defense, they can't do this the way you do it. So that's one thing. And so, and, and so um, now everybody's response to that. I haven't been able to turn it off for two and a half years because, again, the overwhelm and it just feels, I, I, I just want to, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to provide comfort, balance, sanity, perspective. Uh, one of my dear friends, 
she has an explanation to this. She says that us women, we feel that if we do not handle even the slightest of crisis well, we fear that our kids will turn out weird 20 years later. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> it has to be perfect every time. Everybody has to be happy. Everybody yeah. has to be, like, comforted and everything. And dads certainly feel that kids are more resilient than we do. It is true. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think also trying to cope with that always on, I'm trying to turn it into more of a positive living in the moment always on. So even though I'm constantly projecting on the, the future and the what ifs and what can happen, I have to daily like reaffirm myself to be like, okay, let's get back in the moment. Let's enjoy the tickle time. Even though she's got to get to bed and even though we have to get dinner on the table, take a step back and breathe. Like, and that I think is so important. And there is a sense where I believe that children's presence Mm -hmm. is that counterbalance that teaches all of us how to be in the moment, how to, to see the ordinary being extraordinary because sometimes they don't let you disengage <laughs> they don't let you be distracted um and and they and when you start seeing the world through their eyes then you start to see that um how, how to how to come with that childlike wonder and then i wondered back to Pooja's point that somehow as you live with children more and you go through more stages and you know what you've come through because i hope with your second daughter you feel the resilience more than you feel with yes. first because first is just so so you start living process yes. in a way that our children get to teach us a little bit absolutely yeah no i mean and I'll, but I'll, i will say to a couple of the points so as far as like th- you know having this and maybe it's a, a female thing but I, I don't think it is because i don't i'm not striving for perfection as far as how i parent i i think i have settled on that that's never going to happen. Where I feel like a lot of the time, and my mom jokes about it with you, that I'm always in perfection mode. Every, mode everything has to be has to be perfect, um, and a little OCD in a way. Even though I I don't have it, but I, I how can I not right? But those are management skills and yeah, strengths. Yeah, I so, mean, you're an organized personality. Yeah, and I think in, in this world of chaos, and if you see my my office at home, you see my office in the office. Everybody walks in and they're like, but they ask me any question, they're like, how do you know the answer or where that is in this chaos? And I just, it's like back to that tunnel vision. So I'm not striving for the perfection anymore, but I just, I, I expect great performance above average on everything. Um, but when it comes to the wait, kids wait. of yourself, of your, of, your ch- of your children, I have very high expectations for everything, and I think that's that's I think part of where I I struggle for everyone in your circle. For every and my and my and same thing with work, like for my work balance. My feeling is like if you can't reach to that level and you can't achieve greatness every time, I'm okay with like a million questions. And I always tell this when when younger people come onto our team. And I'm, I expect you walk in my office with a notebook or a computer to take notes. If I have to bring it up, it's kind of a problem. But after the first time, but I don't care if you ask me a thousand questions. Even if you ask me the same question and the nuance is slightly different because you're trying to get a different answer out of me, that's okay. But if you ask me the same thing out of sheer, and it's obvious, that it's just lack of listening or lack of engagement and really trying to understand why we're doing something in a certain way, that. It drives me crazy. And I, I kind of like have that with the kids too because I, I expect a lot from them, but I always also struggle, which you've always seen. I struggle with, 
I have great expectations for the kids that are probably not realistic as far as their cognitive abilities for most people. And then I remember where my kids are and like that might 16 month old can have a conversation and I'm like, but then I see other kids. I'm like, okay, well maybe I'm, I need to tone it down with them. So I think I'm a little more forgiving with them. But um, to the point about the emotion part and the management, so I can definitely do the multitask. And I think he'd probably say that as well, way better. But I think without question, living in the moment, my husband does better because I think he just looks at it in a different way and a calmer way than than I have where I'm striving for this greatness all the time. So, and putting all this pressure on myself to have everything in, in a certain level. And, but um, his emotional, I think is different than mine. The kids are, emo- are emotional with me in, in that aspect and they, they, they want mommy. Yeah. And that's awesome that still yeah. with my being gone. But he's gone, nurturing and emotionally but engaged. They, they never question. John, yeah, yeah the they never question. And, and he's with them, you know, like he, when he's with he's them, when they have their time and, and they know it. And I think they have something super special because of it. And so it's not a motherly thing. Cause I just see like, that's who my husband is with mm-hmm. kids. And it's just, the, and it's more successful so than I think mine. You've, it's kind of come up in a few different ways. And I, I, so what I'm curious about is you had said that you're, you're, you're similar, how similar and different are your engagement styles home and family do you have to put on different hats different styles for different situations depends who you ask <laughs> go ahead go ahead go no ahead. i was just gonna say because i was saying wait john probably says i run the house the same way as i would run myself in the office i am managed i'm ocd i like things done a certain way and to me the the chaos makes me go crazy so i enjoy the order because it makes me feel better it physically makes me feel better to know that there are no dishes in the sink you know what i mean like something silly like that so as far as styles go i would say i need the routine whether it's at work or at home like i'm very much the same person mm-hmm. i've tried to learn to step outside the box a little bit and i mean at work i'm still always going to be the same way but at home i'm trying to be a little bit less regimented um and but I, I'd say that I'm still pretty much the same person when it comes to being a mom and being, which you know, I think is is a, is is good if you have, if you don't have to keep compartmentalizing. Yeah. If there is that continuity, Pooja, <laughs> styles. Um, is there emotions you have to turn off? Is there management? Is there is there? A, so, with the first one with Ava. Um, when I conceived her, I took a break from work. So I was not working until she turned two. When I was five months pregnant, I again got back back to workforce, right? So I was pregnant, I was working, and now with my second one, who is turning one, I'm working, right? I have found this balance that I perform best um, when I fall back to my two fundamentals, one is perspective and the second is essentialism, both at work and um, with kids. So with kids, I like to be fluid. Um, I don't like to be structured per se. So there's a lot of give when whenever they want me or what they want me to do or howsoever I want to spend my time with them. But I counterbalance that with my rest of the time, which is work or other chores in the house, as in I've cut out slowly and it's still a process that I'm cutting out the fluff 
anything that's not essential. That's what have you cut out? Um, let's say um, very basic thing. Um, streamline my getting ready routine. Streamline how when I go to office rather than spending 20 minutes and setting in, like settling in, getting myself a cup of coffee or chatting with a colleague, I have streamlined that. So every week, every other month, I find myself that, all right, I need a little bit more fluidity with my kids. The second one is growing older and she needs more time as well, um, along with toddler. Mm -hmm. I need to streamline something else. So work routine, work processes, how I tackle the projects, how much I take on at work or even a house, around the house. Um, it all is balanced, counterbalanced mm -hmm. um, as against how much time or fluidity I want around my kids. And that's children need, husband needs, mm -hmm. and personal needs all in the equation? Yes, everything is an e equation. Even personal routines, like getting, uh, like, um, 12 a.m. showers. I, I do it almost every day, 1 a.m. showers, so that, you know, I can shave my legs, right? <laughs> so that I don't have to cut... The, like, so you're not sleeping in the, either. In the morning, I can spend some a little bit more time with them and not mm -hmm. rush them. That mama has to take showers, so I cannot. I cannot spend any like ten more minutes with you. So, yeah. So mm -hmm. I built everything. I don't know. It's a guys, vivid choice. I mean, I think that really encapsulates the reality of being a working mm -hmm. mom. Yes. I picture a much calmer, more balanced household <laughs> in your household. Than, not that we're not balanced. Well. Um, psychologically by balance, I think. But, <laughs> but I mean, there's just con in every aspect. And I think part of it is the, the nature of what we do and not having that control of that, like, that structure to have well, the flexibility. I, I, I'll be the devil's advocate. So um, all of your households are different, of course. You have three boy energies out there. You, I mean, you have... But... What's interesting, the way I would what I would imagine your house, I have no idea, um, because they are young children, her girls aren't going to be, you know, you're not going to be like, well, grab that lamp before it falls or any of that. But I could imagine your girls engaging you verbally <laughs> and yeah. negotiating and... And, I mean, the, the intensity with which children present their needs will look different and feel different. So I don't think it would be chaotic, but I don't think it would be less demanding is how I'm imagining oh, no. it. No, and I, but I just think... Because she's so, quiet, but those... But I think, I think, like, I'm hearing, like, her, like, demeanor and, like, how she... Yeah, like, so, calm, yeah, so, she probably approaches it in a more calm I tend to Fashion. internalize internalize a lot of things. If something is going wrong, or wrong as in from my perspective, nothing might be wrong, but I might be thinking that it it should have been like some in in some other manner should have transpired in some I'll other manner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I internalize a lot of things, and so that's what I do. That I take over that on myself. What can I do to fix this situation, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm streamlining more and more on my part. So that's how I see that that's, I personally tackle. Is your house chaotic? Um, as in like physical chaos? I have a one-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. They're like two 
tornadoes. <laughs> truly, truly. I yeah. mean, they are they are mini pujas. <laughs> so so they present in a very in, in a very sweetness, but, but yeah. they they are. They are powerful little girls. girls. Roomba is my best friend. (laughs) Yeah, I write poems for my Roomba. Literally, I I literally offer him wine. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so you're all managing this. Well, um, is it is how much can you rely on dads? To, I mean, do they just have to say, I'm going to let you manage. I'm going to do whatever you say. That's peace in our family. Are there conversations that say, how much collaboration, partnership, how much, when can, can you just say, I can't, I can't think of another day forward. You got to cover me. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you release the reins? There's plenty of days where, even just in a situation, where I'm just, I, I reach my limit and I say, here. Because, you know, I have a very strong-willed, verbal, vocal daughter. Even though she's two and a half, she tells us exactly what she thinks. And, you know, in the mornings, it's like wrestling an alligator trying to get her bathing suit on because she wants to pick it. And then it's not the one that she wants to pick and she can't put it over her head and then she wants to help. And it becomes... A struggle. So there's definitely times where I just say to you know my husband John, who is amazing with her, and I, I reach a point sometimes where I don't want to lose my cool. Where I say here, and he does the same thing, vice versa. So I'd mm-hmm. say it's definitely a really great partnership that we have in that aspect. Where because so, our children definitely f- feel our energy, yeah. and sometimes we just kind of have to like step away. So in answer to your question, yeah, I think there's definitely like um, a good teamwork that we have in regards to racing or he also now started a new job so now his shifts what he was so we moved down here in october and he was stay-at-home dad for a very long time loving it coming to family time yeah he was loving it loving the time with her and he's amazing with her um and now you know he's in law enforcement working 6 a.m to 6 p.m or 6 p.m to 6 a.m or now it's all on me again. So now I'm, you know, he's off to work by 4 or 5 in the morning. I got to get up. I got to get myself ready, decide if I have time to shave my legs, you know, take a shower, get her ready, go to school, go to work. As soon as I get home, I have to now get to work 10 minutes late because camp starts at 8 and my shift starts at 8. And then I have to pick her up by 5 and my shift's until 5. So I'm leaving a couple minutes early and my job has been awesome about it. Um, so that's the next struggle now with also dealing with that shift with logistics, logistics, logistics. So now it's all falling on me with getting her ready, getting her, you know, picking her up, getting her dinner, putting her to bed. And then he comes home. So it's, Mm -hmm. and it's also been just as hard for him getting used to that, you know, going from full time, being with her all the time. I'm sure he misses her. He misses her tremendously. (laughs) And the experiences that came with the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, you know, just working that out together as a team. It's so important. So, yeah. Is it on your shoulders? Uh, there's a lot of well, there's a there's a pretty s- strong teamwork effort here between us. He's very hands on, um, and I don't usually make any decisions on my own. We talk about it. Unfortunately, our conversations usually begin around. <laughs> this is not a joke. Probably around eleven sure, to eleven thirty sure, at night. Sure. Um, the kids go to bed. We both There's get back to work. There's a whole nother topic. Yep. And when are you supposed to have talk about all this? Yeah, and so we do most of our talking and most of our work, once again, when the kids go to bed. We try really, really hard together to make sure that we're there from around 
you know, six to eight thirty to give them as much attention as we possibly can and be there for dinner as long as we can. And as long as I'm in town. Um, so there's a really good teamwork there. And then with me traveling a lot, there's a lot that gets put on his shoulders. And then during half the year, he suddenly almost disappears and, uh, which we'll experience for the first time, even being worse in the mornings because he'll start being on, on air at 8.30 in the mornings, which means I'm going to be responsible for figuring out how to get three kids out and get myself out as well. But for us, the logistics also is the single most challenging thing without question, I think, and that's what makes everything more challenging for us is the logistical aspects, the fact that there are different ages. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. They're all totally different stages. And um, and so we struggle there. But for me, back to the team, so our team, we've had to extend. We couldn't survive with our work, st- um, you know, our work lives. If we were independent individuals and we were doing nothing other than work, which we both love what we do and we've both done it a long time, and I think we're both pretty successful at it, um, independently, it was like no big deal. I, when I was alone, I worked crazy hours and, and people used to joke about it because that I had no life and um, I'd work and go play pool and I was good. And same thing with my husband, you know, he had his activities and, and, and it totally changed. And the more uh, and each time a kid arrived, the more challenging <laughs> it got. And, you know, but our our roles became bigger and, and, and our jobs became bigger. So our team had to become bigger. So we, my mom is a huge part of it. My dad's a huge part of it. Luckily they're both members here in the shul. They're here every day. So to me, that's huge. Um, my mom does a lot of the pickups and so they get alone time, but it also makes it manageable in the afternoons. And then I have a full-time nanny and that really came after the second, my mom did all the help for us right, when we right, were right. with one. So the team for us, the more kids, the larger our roles, the bigger our team had to get. But that goes back to us as being the core of that team and expanding. Yeah, so um, I've been tapping into keywords like the, the teamwork and um, um the, the dads who take a lot of responsibilities. Um so the same thing, I, I want to tag on to that, that when they say that it takes a village to raise kids, it really does. And not just the responsibilities, that the physical responsibility of feeding them, cleaning them, taking them to school, but also in terms of like, I'll give you an example that when I feel that I am all pooped out. I cannot take it anymore, but I'm just pushing myself. That's not healthy, not just for me, but for the kid as well, because that mm-hmm. the energy that I'm feeding them is not healthy for them. So somebody else has to step in. I cannot be that selfish that I am this do-it-all mom and I'll just keep pushing. No, that is harmful. That's poison for them. So at that time, I need to bring somebody in. Dad comes in um, uh, from work at 6, 6.30. I literally go and tell them, Here's the ball. I'm going to drop it any moment. Just you take the ball and run with it. And he knows, he sees that I'm about to crash or anything. So he runs with the ball, things like that. And again, I got a great team of people around me. And I feel that everybody brings great energies with them. Not just that, hey, we are paying you, so you got to do this. No, they also bring the energy that feeds the kids. And one of the reasons that both of my kids are so outgoing and just happy little spirit 
spirits that all these energies are making them uh, what they are. And I'm very thankful for that. It's so beautiful and it's so important. And it goes to what you were saying about the relationship and about being present. And it's and, it, and the energy is that we know that the most important thing we give them is those relationships. And so... Your children are thriving, regardless of your stress, regardless of the chaos, regardless of the blips, and the constant changing and tweaking and redefining essentials. It's kind of remarkable. We're going to go to the wrap-up. Um, the wrap-up is always the same. How have you got this for right here, for right now? But, but if this is a different way of framing it, I, I want to just throw this on the table. And that's, there was a mom in class today who's a working mom, four kids, very demanding job, newly married, <laughs> and, and still trying to preserve the romance. In, I mean, it's, it's, anyways, it's, it's, it's just this thing. I'm like, I don't really know how you do it, but I watch you bring this presence of yourself to your work, your relationship, and your children. And, and it's like, these are my terms. And I see her just owning this. And she said, Karen, those were the three factors that I wanted so badly in my life. And before I had all three going for me, um, I wasn't whole and as happy as I am. The stress is all here, but I'm happier because the pieces of the puzzle are what sustain me in my choices. So I just put that out there in the sense of how have you got this? Because in some ways, I think there is a pride and a joy and a, and a not just external success, but a, but, a, but a personal success to who you are in this. So talk to me about how have you got this for right here, right now, the parts you wouldn't want to change. That's a loaded question. It is. You can take any piece of it you like. <laughs> so is it really more just like how I feel like I'm surviving? Is that really what it whatever is you like, so Whatever you like. I don't even want to say it's surviving. It's enjoying every moment, you know, as, as hard as every day is and as even that those silly struggles in the morning putting her clothes on, I also know how badly I wanted to have, you know, my daughter. And I know how much, you know, as stressful as it can be on, you know, a marriage, it still puts everything into perspective where, like, we have this little human and she's amazing. And just every day, just I thank my lucky stars for what I have. Um, I'm thankful to have a job. I'm thankful to have, a you know, a beautiful relationship. And, and it's, you know, it's just... I don't know. I really don't know what else to say. Except, I mean, what you know, I feel when you say that is what you do for your children mm -hmm. is so generous. And like you said, Pooja, before, the, the sacrifices when you're pushing, but then you realize, no, no, I'm taking care. I will find a way to take care mm -hmm. of me and this partnership and my children and a contribution in the world that gives me something back. And it's, but it's all about... In your case, it's all about Shira right now. Yeah, you, you know, just, you make the time because and and her pride and joy in watching you go out there is pretty awesome. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm Pusha, sure have I you got, got the this? question. How have you got this for right here for right mm -hmm. now? That's all. <laughs> um, Working, being a mom, the parts you wouldn't trade. Um, the parts I wouldn't trade would be um, how I'm able to course correct. 
and of course me and my husband are in it together we're not perfect certainly some days are better than others some nights are better than others but how we are able to course correct um that i wouldn't change and secondly the amount of help and kindness that people have brought in our lives with kids that i would um that i think those two are very powerful um tools that we have in our arsenal for raising because kids. struggles come with kindness struggles allow that to come into your life that allows you to see you're not in this alone which is also one of the mantras of the podcast is you got this and you're not alone and and if that works struggle lets communities and individuals rise up and bring that to you that makes me really happy have you got this i for 100 percent don't have it but i don't care and i think that's the irony in yeah. my life of not caring um because my life is, like, so much richer. My husband is, like, the coolest guy. Like, I I mean, I've always been his, like, number one fan. I geek out over him all the time, which is, like, embarrassing, and you wouldn't even want him to know that. Like, his ego can't get any bigger. But, and then my kids, like, I wanted them so badly for so long, and they're just, like, the coolest. They are so cool. I don't know how, because I'm not cool. Everybody knows I'm not cool. But they're... You am- are so cool. But they're amazing. <laughs> they're so smart and just just brilliant and I have this like I'm one of the lucky ones and that's where my son got the whole the luckiest um song that he loves because I started listening to around him and he just jumped on it and it's really a song about knowing you're you make mistakes all the time that but still despite everything you are truly the luckiest and I feel that and I so where my balance always sucks I'm always tired I always have health problems because of it but I love my job. I love my support system. We have a great nanny. I have the most engaged parents, which I couldn't be more thankful for. Um, you know, people wish that they have this stuff. I have my parents. My dad comes and reads to my kids once or twice a week, which helps me with the balance of being able to just step out and him put them to bed. But they, they're going to have this amazing memory, mm-hmm. and, and which is so cool. And the last thing was, like, and my mom was a working, traveling mom, too, because I'm gone a lot. I miss a lot. I try to prioritize what I miss when I can. But I remember sitting in a, a, a school, like Mother's Day thing, and they do the paintings, the cute things, and they question, they write the questions about what, you know, about their mom. And what does your mom do in her free time? She works. What does she like to do? She works. Um, she tells people what they need to do, and and she's really great at it, whatever. And But she's, she's away a lot. And then I, like, I was, like, literally in the room crying. Like, this is horrible. This is what my son thinks of me. All these other moms are like, she wears really cute yoga clothes. I'm not kidding. And, and what she likes, she loves to eat salad. And, and that's what all these other kids are saying. And my kids, all their answers were about, like, related to work and, and being stressed and worried about all these things being successful. And I was upset and crying to my mom, like, am I doing everything wrong? And she, she's like, do you remember when I was out of the country and I missed your stuff? And the answer was no. I remember mm-hmm. all the extra effort of the things that she did to make sure she was present and in a different way and um, make sure that I knew that I was the priority, you know, like that. And so, and also that I have, being different, I was raised as three girls, so maybe it's a different perspective, but to know that I'm raising three brilliant boys that one day are going to look for somebody, whoever that is, to love 
And they're going to have a respect for women who work, who can own it in every way and, um, and bring the same to the table and never feel lesser than somebody else. And so, thank you all. Perfect, perfect, perfect words. I love you all. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.